Come on, let's give God a great hand praise all over this house. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on now, put some mouth with those hand claps and magnify the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. It is an honor. It's an honor to be here. It's an honor to be alive. It's an honor to be in the house of God. It's an honor to know truth. It's also an honor to know the one that brought it. Before I move forward, I want to honor the man of God, Pastor Spells. Amen. I've never preached for him before, but it's an honor that you would trust me um, to come and be with you. I also want to thank God for the vision and the willingness to stick with it. I was sitting down earlier this morning and I was thinking about people that I know in this hour that have withstood and that have stood for what they believe in and not just standing for what they were believing in but standing for truth in the midst of great opposition and I thank the Lord for the suffering of our brother And I thank the Lord not only for his suffering, but I thank the Lord for your willingness to endure the suffering. I also want to thank his wife. I want to thank his wife. And we honor her tonight. It is not easy to do what she does. But I thank God for the grace that he has put upon this couple. We thank the Lord for his family. We thank the Lord for Life Tabernacle Church. Amen. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. you lift your hands father in the name of Jesus I want to do your will Lord tonight I pray God that your spirit would fill this place in the name of Jesus I pray Lord tonight Lord God for your spirit to direct everything that I do and I say I don't want to say anything that does not need to be said but I don't want to miss anything that you want me to say 
Father, I want to be sensitive to the direction of your spirit. I pray, Lord God, for deliverance. I pray for strongholds to be broken. I pray for healing. I pray for restoration. I pray, Lord God, that you would fill souls with the Holy Ghost. I pray that you would wash away sins. I pray, Lord God, for healing and miracles of place in this house. I pray, Lord God, tonight that you would set the captive free. Lord, I pray tonight, Lord God, that you would cause a release to come upon your people. They would walk and apprehend in this hour. Lord God, that they would walk in apostolic dominion and authority. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God, for the people that are connected to this facility. I pray, Lord God, tonight that there will be some things that will overturn in the spirit. Lord God, we take authority and dominion right now over every principality, over every stronghold, over every spirit of opposition that is in this building and that is surrounding this building. I pray, Lord God, that the peace of God would rest upon this house tonight. In the name of Jesus, I pray for deliverance. I pray for breakthrough. I pray, Lord God, that when people walk out of this building, that they walk out of this building with mantles, and they walk out of this building with dominion, they walk out of this building with authority ready to execute everything that is preached. Lord, I pray tonight that every word that comes out of my mouth is manifested in this place and it goes into their churches, into their cities. Father, we worship you. We glorify you tonight. Hallelujah in Jesus' name. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to someone tell them you love them. If you don't find somebody you do love, but don't lie to the one. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated. Thank you, Lord. It is my intent tonight to truly try to follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. I believe that the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, the more imperative it is that we do not lean to our systems and our structures and our familiarity with just kind of knowing how to have good church. But I believe that tonight we're standing in a season in time that there must be a willingness, a tenacity that is inside of every person to not just make themselves with repeating what they did yesterday, but pursuing what God is doing today and understanding what God intends to do tomorrow.
And because of that, there's a scripture in the Bible where it says that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. It has been, I believe, 22, 23 years since God baptized me in the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. 23 years since something began on the inside of me. I would say that to this day, since that moment, I've never been the same. And it's not a shock to me now as it was back then. When I hear the scripture say, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are made new. There comes a time where you have to embrace the reality of what you have seen written in the word of God. And because of that, we understand that Jesus made a statement concerning the end time. There's one place in scripture where he speaks to his disciples and he asked them, he said, he speaks to them and he says, when the son of man returns, shall he find faith on earth? Now you have to understand that Jesus is the word of God made flesh. He is responsible for faith being present in the earth today. The reason why faith is here is because a word was sent. For the scripture declares in the book of Romans that faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. How shall he hear without a preacher? And how shall he preach except they be sent? He is speaking and he is speaking in such a way that he asks a question, not as though he doesn't know the answer to the question. But he is asking the men that are present with him. And not only is he speaking to just men, but these are not just ordinary men. These are men that have been handpicked of God and have been given the responsibility that when he departs, These men have the responsibility to convey in everything that he spoke and did to the next generation that is to come. And because of that, he speaks and he asks the question, when the Son of Man returns, shall there be faith? Now, there's also another place in Scripture Where it says in the last days, it says, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. And then there's another place where he says, in the last days, men's hearts should fail them for fear of things that are to come. But then he speaks to his disciples and his disciples ask the question and they said, Lord, When shall be the sign of your coming? And Jesus begins to speak and he begins to declare certain things. See, these men were not called just to have church. 
These men were called to do something greater than just having a great church service. These men have a responsibility by God to hand down everything that God has given them. They had no time to waste. Three and a half years Jesus spent with these men. Three and a half years Jesus invested in men. But amazingly, when Jesus goes to find his disciples, he does not go to the temple. He does not go to the synagogue. He does not look among the religious leaders of that time. The Bible declares that when Jesus handpicked his disciples, he found them on their job. They were doing day-to-day activity. See, the Bible declares that when Jesus originally came in the synagogue and began to pick up the scripture and began to read from the book of Isaiah, the Bible says that they looked at Jesus, looked at Jesus and they made the statement and said, isn't this Jesus, Joseph's son, the carpenter's boy? They heard this man speak and they said, man, where did this man get this from? He speaks as one that has authority. But nevertheless, these men were so attached to what he used to be that they could not embrace themselves around what was going to be. So what happens is Jesus finds men that were outside of the religious institution of that time. He goes to the job and he calls men and he receives men that were willing to respond to the voice of God, not in the middle of a church service, but willing to respond to the voice of God in the middle of their day-to-day activity. True disciples are not identified with just how well you respond to God when you're in this building. But true disciples are identified with how well you respond to God when you're in your school, when you're on your job, when you're in Walmart, when you're in Burger King. He said, my sheep hear my voice and another one, they won't follow be seated so what occurs is that Jesus calls one man and this man stops everything that he's doing can I tell you church that God is looking he's coming back for a people that have made themselves ready and can I tell you that God is not going to receive just any kind of church. What you may offer to God might work for the people on your pew, but it won't work for the people that are trying to press into the kingdom of God. See, I believe that somewhere along the line, we have worshiped having church more than worshiping the one that gave us the body of Christ, the one that gave us called church. Because some of us know how to respond to the atmosphere of the gathering, but do not know how to respond to the spirit that called us to gather together. Now the Bible declares that Jesus comes to his disciples 
But these men are not aware that these men, these men are not aware that they're going to be his disciples. But nevertheless, Jesus comes to Peter and Peter is sitting there and he is fixing his net. He's getting ready to go to do his day-to-day activity. He was in the middle of his day-to-day routine. And the Lord steps up and he speaks to him. And he drops everything that he was doing that he might hear from the one that he's never had a conversation with before. But there's something about Jesus that demands your attention. So even though Jesus was not a man at that time that had developed what you would call a great reputation among the people when he selected his disciples... Because he was a word of God made flesh and he was the one that is responsible for them being in the earth. When they heard him speak, it demanded that they come to attention. Can I tell you church that God is looking for someone that he can get their attention when you're in your bed sleeping at about two or three in the morning. And you got to get ready to go to work. But you hear the word of God come at your doorpost and say it's time to come and have a relationship. It's time to come and have a conversation with God. Be seated. I need some water. So, thank you. So what happens is that Jesus speaks to men and immediately he loves their response. Can I tell you that God is not concerned with your occupation as more as he's concerned about your response? What do you mean? He wasn't looking for resumes. He was looking for a response. Can I tell you, church, that when God speaks, there must be a response. You can't sit back and just say that you've heard the word, but don't do or respond to the word that you've heard. When he speaks, it not only demands attention, but it demands a a reaction to what he has spoken. He looks at Peter. Peter, he speaks and he says, come, follow me. I'm going to make you fishers of men. And nevertheless, Peter immediately drops what he was doing. Can I tell you, church, that God is looking for a people that will not wait to get someone else to concur with the voice of God in their life. What do you mean? Some of you are more connected to your neighbor than you're connected to the Spirit of God that's speaking a word into your life that wants to give you deliverance. Peter's future was in the mouth of God, but Peter would never be able to walk in his future until he began to follow the voice of God. What do you mean? He was a word of God made flesh. The Bible declares, it says, the word of the Lord is a light unto my feet 
and a lamp unto my path. They immediately dropped everything. Why? Because when you come in contact with the word, he provides some direction. When you come in contact with the word, he provides some enlightenment. When everybody else forsook him, he said, are you going to leave me also? They said, how can we? For you have the words of life. Church, can I tell you tonight, be seated, that God is looking for doers and not just hearers. Can I tell you tonight that God is hungry for somebody that will actually step out and obey the word, not just sing about the word, not just shout about the word, not just amen the preacher, but what God's looking for is he's looking for someone to put one foot in front of the other and will walk in the light of the world. You will never be the light of the world until you walk in the light of the word. Your tongue talking is not sufficient. Have you ever... Be seated. Went to the bank and they said insufficient funds. Tongue talking, shouting and dancing with no application is insufficient. I do not want to get to the gates of heaven and the Lord says insufficient funds. You had your reward down here. What do you mean you worship my presence more than you worship the one? It's a difference between worshiping in his presence uh, and worshiping the almighty presence of God. Are you infatuated with God or are you in love with God? Be seated. He tells them, he said, men's hearts would fail them for fear of what else can happen next. What worse can happen next? You know, there are two things that are coming. Those two things are the only choices that you have to look to. And there's coming a season in the body of Christ where people are going to have to make a choice. What you may call having church sometimes is more blended than what you think. He said that when you see these things come to pass, he said, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. And then he says, there's another group of people 
who will be looking for what worst thing can happen next. The people who are looking for the one to come, their hearts are full of love and their hearts are full of joy and their hearts are full of expectation. But the ones that are looking for what worst thing can happen or looking for the fearful things that are to come, while you're looking in that direction, your love is being depleted for God. What do you mean? You cannot look in both directions at the same time and think you're going to have God. What do you mean? God says whatever you look at, that's what you're going to become. Whatever you look at, that's what you are in love with. You cannot be in love with the things of this world and be in love with the world to come. What do you mean by the hurt? You may say, I don't like it. But listen, if you keep looking at that thing, if you keep looking at what they're going to tell you next, you're going to miss what God's going to do next. But if you start looking at what God's going to do next, he'll give you the dominion and authority to change what the enemy wants to do next. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. What do you mean by the herd? Can I tell you that God is not coming back for a Holy Ghost field church? Be seated. He's not coming back uh, from some tongue talkers and uh, some people that just know how to shout and some people that just know how to run the aisles. Uh, But God's looking for somebody that after you run the aisle, uh, can you run that devil out of your house? Uh, Can you run that devil out of your marriage? Uh, Can you run that devil out of your city? Can you run that devil out of your region? Can you run that devil out of your country? If God be before you, What do you mean? You got to stand up like you've got some tenacity and say, I've got to be before me. He's more. Be, Be seated. See, I remember when I first started preaching, they said things like you got to preach with the preacher. And uh, they would say things like you've got to respond to the preaching. And what we call response, praise the Lord, oftentimes is somebody shouting or somebody saying preach or another person saying glory or another person shouting hallelujah. And they're testifying at that moment that they're actually hearing. But God's not waiting for somebody that's just going to hear. He's looking for somebody that's just going to do. Sometimes preachers, you settle for the people that are hearing. But God said, I only settle for the people that are doing. What do you mean? If you are a healer only, you're going to deceive yourself. Deception is coming to people that know this truth, but won't do it. The Bible says in the last days, because they did not receive a love for the truth, God will give them over to a strong delusion. Self-deception brings you down a pathway of strong delusion. What do you mean? God said, I'm going to turn you over to what you are infatuated with. 
What do you mean some of you lust after having good church but don't love the fact that God's called you to be the church? What do you mean so you come every camp meeting? You come every worship service so that you can get a fix? So that you can get a fix in your arm? So you can go back to your same compromising lackadaisical, lukewarm, apostate kind of church? But God said I'm looking for somebody that's dependent upon every voice that I speak every word that I speak when Lucifer be seated when Lucifer came to Jesus in the wilderness And he tempted him on all points in that wilderness. Jesus, in the end, there was a statement where where, where Lucifer says, why don't you take this stone, turn it into bread. Jesus made a statement. He said, men shall not live. By bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out the mouth of God. Spiritual warfare is not just quoting scripture. It's doing it. Somebody get me that scripture in the book of First Corinthians. Where it talks about the weapons of your warfare. Should lift your hands. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. You got to look at the weapon that you've got and understand that what you have to fight with is more mightier than what the enemy has to fight with. What you have in your arsenal is far greater than what any adversary could ever have in his arsenal. is not in relationship with God but just sitting around a self gratification of infatuation with the presence of God nothing's going to happen that's why you keep going back to your pornography that's why you keep going back to that double minded lifestyle that's why you keep cussing that's why you keep having bitterness that's why the works of the flesh are manifesting your life more than the fruits of the spirit they're mighty through God If you can get yourself through God. Go ahead. 
the mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Can I tell you, you can come to a fiery hot prayer meeting, praise the Lord, and try to pray that thing down. But can I tell you, keep going preacher. Casting down imaginations. That means you can't ignore it. You've got to address it. Casting down imaginations. you got to take that thing and say, you know what? I'm not going to let you stand here any longer. Casting down imaginations. If you're going to fight the devil that's outside of you, you got to address the devils that are on the inside of you. Casting down imaginations. You gotta cast down every high thing. You gotta cast down every high thought. And every high thing. If that thought is not of God, if God is not the originator of that thought, that high thing has got to come. And every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing. And bringing into captivity every thought unto the obedience of Christ. All right, be seated. We don't mind speaking. But the issue is not speaking. The issue is doing. Strongholds are not brought down just because you cast, because you speak to them. If you're not going to follow through with an act of obedience, your greatest weapon is your obedience. And if you will obey the voice of God, you won't even have to speak to the devil. But if you submit yourself to God and resist the devil, he will run from you. Can I tell you, church, God's looking for a people that will not just talk in tongues, but will be submitted to the spirit of God that gave them the tongues are talking be seated so Jesus before his ascension speaks to his disciples. He has spent 40 days making them aware of the things that pertain to the kingdom of God. 40 days he has opened their understanding. The scripture declares in Everything that you get, you better get an understanding. The Bible says he opened their understanding. Would it be these men were casting out devils, but they still lacked understanding? These men went in the cities and preached, and they still lacked understanding. These men healed the sick and raised the dead, and they still lacked understanding. 
Can I tell you, in all that you get, and all of your giftings, and in all of your talents, and in all the notes that you know how to hit, and in the development of your preacher voice, God said you need to get an understanding. Why? Because if you don't get an understanding, you won't understand who you are. You won't understand what I've called you to possess. You won't understand... He opened up their understanding to the things that pertain to the kingdom of God. I know you know how to have church, but do you even know why you're here? Do you even know why the enemy fights you so much? Do you even know why the enemy has got your daughter strung out on drugs? Do you even know why the enemy has your son locked up in prison? Do you even know why the enemy is binding up your prayer meetings and binding up your prayer closing? Do you even understand? I know you understand how to have good church, but do you know how to survive as an end time church? The other day, be seated. The other day, I got upset. My wife, I thought, you know, she moves stuff. She put, you know, I'm the person I throw stuff just anywhere. But I remember where I put it. She get tired of seeing it. And she like, I got to get rid of it. I got to put it up somewhere. But the other day, Pastor Spells, I got frustrated. Because I've got some other ammunition that goes to all my nine millimeters that I kind of travel with. And I could not find the ammo. I'm like, where did you put the ammo? She said, I don't know. I have not seen it. You know where it's at. (laughs) You just done forgot. I went back and forth through the house. And before I stumbled across it in the garage where I placed it at. I'm sorry, babe, if I ain't told you. I just tell you in front of all the elders, I apologize. You were right that time. But what happened, the Lord spoke to me. He said, George, the weapons that are forming against you, the weapons that you have in your house are not able to combat against what the enemy has for you. But if you will use my weapons, if you will begin to sharpen your sword, if you will gain an understanding of the time, if you will quit leaning to your own understanding and begin to pursue the will of God, do you understand I've got legions of angels that I can dispatch on your behalf? I've got the power of life and death in my tongue. 
You got to understand, praise the Lord, that you might pack a pistol, but God's looking for somebody that's submitted to the word of God, that's established in the things of the spirit of God, that when you speak, heaven moves. Be seated. He tells them. He tells them. He said. When they therefore were come together. They asked him saying. Lord. Will you restore. The kingdom of Israel. He's opened up their understanding. But they're looking for God to do something natural. If your prayers are more about natural things than supernatural things, you're going to miss the will of God. It's more about you getting a house. It's more about you getting a car. It's more about you going to college. It's more about you pursuing your career. Are you pursuing the perfect will of God? Be seated. He said, be not conformed unto this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. What do you mean? Do you have a churchy mind or do you have a renewed mind? Because some of this churchy mind stuff, you got it from the Catholic church. And God said, I want you to come out of her and let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. I'm talking about a kingdom mind, not a churchy Pentecostal mind that ain't got an authority that casts out a devil. We used to send people to elders in the church for healing. Now we send them to hospitals. We used to pray for the sick. Now we give you pills. Can I tell you, you ain't apostolic if the first person you run to is a man that ain't Jesus. You got a doctor over here. You got a psychologist over here. You got a psychiatrist over here. You got a therapist over here. You got a doctor over here. You got a lawyer over here. Well, listen here. I got one God. His name is Jesus. He's a I am. He's the first and the last. He's the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end, the bright and the morning star, the rose of Sharon, the great I am. He is my battle axe. He's my shield. He's my doctor. He's my great physician. He's in this building. Be seated again. I'm here for something greater than just to have a good camp meeting. 
Listen here. When I came to Jesus, uh, I was possessed with devils. Uh, when I came to Jesus, uh, I was facing 106 years uh, in a state penitentiary. Sentence of 14 years. Uh, did six and a half years. Uh, I needed some power. I needed something uh, that has some authority that can shift my life. Uh, and can I tell you, I refuse uh, to settle for anything less. Uh, this is... Be seated. What do you mean? He said we're two or three come together in my name. I am in the midst of them. Why is it that the gatherings back then was much smaller, but the manifestation was much greater? But our gatherings have become much bigger, but the manifestation has come much smaller. The devil is a liar. The Bible says in the last days. There will be a people that will have a form of godliness, uh, but deny the power thereof uh, from such a turn away. Be seated. See, I need you to stand. Not just when I say what's right. I need you to stand when there's a devil standing in front of your face. That's not right. You need to stand in your city. You need to stand in your school. Not just stand in the presence of God. But can you stand in the presence of adversity? Can you stand when all hell has waged war against you? Be seated. Oh, God. Jesus told him, he said, no. He says, not even for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Nine hundred and how many people last year? Nine hundred plus people baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. But too often we share in the success of another without having any success of our own. 
See, we like to get behind the move of God. But God said, I'm looking for somebody that wants to get behind the leading of the Spirit of God so that you can have 900 in your city, so you can have 900 in your school, so that you can have 900 on your job. One can chase a 1,000, but two can put 10,000. What is occurring? Be seated. What is occurring? I made a a prophecy. I'm not even going to talk about it. Well, I guess I am. I kept having dreams in 2018 and 19 that shook me. Around that time, I was going to Asia quite a bit for crusades. I kept having dreams that made me so concerned that I wanted to stop going. But in 2019, while I was in revival in northern Indiana, the spirit of prophecy came upon me. I remember saying there's a dark cloud that's going to move across this world. There's going to be a dark cloud. And a lot of people are going to die. They're going to call it a sickness. They're going to call it a disease. You can find it online. They're going to, they're going to call it a sickness. They're going to call it a disease. But it's going to make a whole lot of people die. But it's not a sickness. It's not a disease. The word of the Lord said, it's a weapon and it's going to come from China. I said, saints, I need you to pray that God will block it. What is occurring is that the kingdoms of this world will one day become the kingdom of God. And what you see right now is a rest, is a race towards restoration. What you're seeing in action in Israel, in this world, is a race towards restoration. The Lord told Israel, told the disciples, It is not time for me to restore this natural kingdom. Because when he takes the throne, he's taking the throne and there will be no one else that will ever take another throne again. The only ones that will have a throne will be his people that will reign as kings and priests for a thousand years. There's a race. The adversary understands that his time is short. The reason why he is fighting and warring like he is, it is because he understands that the dominion will be given to 
the saints. God's desire is to establish spiritual dominion before he establishes natural dominion. The revival started in Jerusalem. But the Lord told them that you will be witnesses throughout the whole world. But because they got so comfortable, the Lord sent conflict in Jerusalem among God's people that scattered them. Why? So that they can go and establish the kingdom of God in other places. Jesus made a statement. He said that if I, by the finger of God, cast out a devil, know that the kingdom of God has come unto you. God wants to get the kingdom out of the building and get the kingdom in the streets. seated. Half of you didn't even stand up on that one. Because see, you love coming to church. You like identifying yourself. You are people that feast with us. You're not of us. You have crept in unaware. I'm not saying that to everybody that sat down. Let me speak that over again. I'm sorry. But listen to me. He's looking for people. See, the thing is, for so long, people would come to the house of God. And they were like, when you come to where these people are, God's in the midst of them. But it started with a few people. And people came because stuff happened whenever they were in the midst. But what has occurred is that our gatherings are bigger. But the manifestation of the kingdom is smaller. And we have limited ourselves. To nothing more than a good shout and a good dance and a good sweat and a good bobby pin falling down to the ground. But yet we have a death section in the church. And yet we've got people walking in on canes and leaving out on canes. We got people that got cancer. We have, we prepare for funerals more than we prepare for revival. We prepare. Well, when you are not productive and you start worshiping the gathering more than you worship the one that gathered you together, nothing happens. Now, be seated. What God wants to do, 
He's looking for somebody. They will say, you know what? I'm tired. See, the thing is, when we come here, I've never been in the military, but this is like a briefing place. We go out there, not just to go home. Are you living in a temple? Are you living in a tent? Some of you are building barns and more bigger barns and more bigger barns because you're more attached to this world than you're attached to the world to come. But when you understand that you have the power of the world to come, you will wear this world like a loose garment and you will walk in the dominion and the authority of the Holy Ghost. And instead of bringing people to church, you bring the kingdom to their doorstep. Be seated. You know why the adversary didn't want you having church last year? It's not because of your church service. The adversary knows through history that whenever death comes in a land, People start praying. Can you pack out a prayer meeting like you'll pack out a camp meeting? Will you travel clear across the world for a prayer meeting like you will travel clear across the world for a camp meeting? If you will travel. People went to Azusa Street. Because they were tired. What are you saying, Brother Hurt? I believe that God has allowed everything that's going on, has brought us together to wake us up. But not just to wake us up. If I'm on the finger of God, cast out the devil. And the kingdom of God has come to you. What happens when people go to people's doorsteps? Jesus did not tell the disciples to sim to go out there and just say, everybody just come to Jesus. Disciples don't have a come to Jesus moment. Disciples bring a Jesus moment. What do you mean? Are you trying to bring people to Jesus? Or are you trying to bring Jesus to people? But you can't bring Jesus to people if you don't go home and take your neighborhood, go to your next door neighbor. I'm not talking about knocking on your neighbor's door and say, do you want to come to church? I'm talking about knocking on your neighbor's door and say, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be free? Do you want to be delivered? Do you want the Holy Ghost? Do you want power? Do you want those chains? You want those addictions broken off of you? When we have meetings, And you find out that a witch or a warlock comes into your building. You start getting nervous. 
which are warlock, leaves a cut off bird's head at your door. You start getting nervous. People that operate in the kingdom of God understand that once you have seized that area and you've had a manifestation of the kingdom of God, at that moment, the kingdom has come to that area. So therefore, the dominion of the Lord rests upon that land. What do you mean by the herd? If the kingdom is established through manifestation, then we need to not leave until we have a demonstration of the Holy Ghost where there is a transformation. Not just when we leave this building, but when you leave their doorstep. When you go into that neighborhood, you want to run the drug dealer out of town? Get the Holy Ghost in there. Start having some revival. Start having a move of God. Start casting out a few devils. You won't have to call the police. You are the police. You're a Holy Ghost enforcer. You are enforcing a new kingdom. You are enforcing a new law. You are enforcing a new government. Stand to your feet. You are enforcing. That means... that what we do in here we have to do out there. What is going on is that the adversary is trying to use the spirit of intimidation so that you will lose your love for the people that are dying. The spirit of fear is not just there just to exploit, but the spirit of fear is there to kill your love for God, your love for your neighbor, your love for your brother, your love for your sister, your love for your enemy. Do you fear being rejected by man or do you fear being rejected by God? But you can't have the approval of man and have the approval of God at the same time. And he say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Pastor Spell, some of these churches were non-essential. What did Jesus do to the fig tree that had no fruit? Did it remain essential or did it become non-essential? There's coming another one. There's coming another one that's far greater than the other ones. And it's going to cause people 
even among us to turn against each other. They're going to report one another. They're going to think they're doing God's service. They're going to say, why won't you comply? We have it easier this way. But I'm not looking for the easy way. I'm looking for the holy way. And that's the Holy Ghost. I want the leading of the Holy Ghost. And if you're going to be holy, you've got to have holy fruit. If you're holy, you've got to have holy works. If you're holy, you've got to have holy demonstration. Because the Holy Ghost gives you power not just to be holy, but the Holy Ghost gives you power to be witnesses that you may be a light to the people that dwell in darkness. Don't tell me with your Jesus only. You believe in the name of Jesus because you were baptized. But there's no proof or no evidence that you've ever believed in Jesus. Or believed in the name of Jesus. Because the Bible says that these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Do you believe in your baptism or do you believe in his name? Because when you believe in his name, it will move you to action. But I believe in this house that there's some people in this room that says, you know what? I'm tired of sitting down and not doing nothing. I'm getting ready to put some action to my auction. with no action is just good church but if you can never get an action behind the action you'll have a demonstration you'll have a move of God you'll have apostolic revival you will see this world be literally turned upside down come on Come on, church. Come on. I can't leave out of here. Come on. 
you've got to get some action behind your unction. You got to get some action behind your unction. We can't just be satisfied with just feeling the unction of God. God's not satisfied until we're moved by the unction of God. We've got to surrender ourselves to action. You cannot wait for the presence to show up before you obey the unction. Some of you only move off a presence, but God said, I need you to move off an unction. If you will move off the unction, you might not have the presence, but if you move off the unction, the presence will manifest. Come on. Come on. Don't let the devil tell you you're too young. Don't let the devil tell you you don't have what it takes. Don't let the devil speak to your mind. He said, those that understand among the people shall instruct many. And those that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Come on. Come on. Come on, God. He is attracted to your brokenness. God is attracted to your repentance. God is attracted to your faith. If you would get rid of your pride, and you will humble yourself under the hand of the almighty God he will exalt you in due season come on because I'm telling you tonight there's going to be a move of God in this house there's going to be a move of God in this house there's some people in this room that are not only going to walk out of here healed but you're going to walk out of here changed you're going to walk out of here delivered you're going to walk out of here with dominion you're going to walk out of here in the authority of the Holy Ghost people that are not afraid to respond to the unction of the Holy Ghost refusing to wait for others to concur to your unction your obedience to the unction should never rest in the concurring of your brother and sister come on in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. Come on, I need fathers in this house. I need mothers in this house. I need some preachers in this house. That will say, God, forgive me for being satisfied. I want more. And if I've got to decrease so that you can increase, 
Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. Oh, Ibanaman Lobo Sokoli Rabahai. Ilanamando Basiki Abasokoli Rabahai. Ilanamando Lenabasande Shoko Basanda. Come on, let God arise in your young person. Let God arise. For you wrestle not against flesh and blood. The weapons of your warfare are not carnal. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. Come on, you're not only going to pray through, but you're going to pray through into another dimension tonight. Come on, after you pray through, you're going to walk through this thing. Come on, you're going to walk in like you're talking. You're going to walk in like you're preaching. You're going to walk in like you're singing. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. There are people in this house tonight that can be delivered. There are people in this house tonight that can be healed. There is healing in this house tonight. There are miracles in this building tonight. Oh! Come on in the name of Jesus. After you've been moved to an altar, you need to be moved by the Holy Ghost to lay hands on somebody. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody's going to get a breakthrough. If you are afflicted, if you got tumors in your body, they're coming out tonight. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Blinded eyes can open tonight. By the power and the authority that's in the name of Jesus. I release deliverance all over this house tonight. Oh! Come on, there's some people that are going to take the kingdom of God straight to your city. You're going to walk right out of your church service and you're going to walk right into the neighborhood. And by the finger of God, you're going to cast devils out. By the finger of God, you're going to heal the sick. By the finger of God.